Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and I'm here with Gord Vickman, and this is Podcast Payoffs. This is our ongoing series of podcasts to talk about the power of podcasts, especially for entrepreneurs, and especially for entrepreneurs when strange stuff is going on in the world. And we've certainly, here in 2020, we can probably date this, Gord. Yeah. We've had a bit of a in my lifetime anyway, a really unique kind of event, which has really put emphasis on communicating virtually. Certainly has. And normally, Dan, when we do these shows, we're sitting across the table from one another in our beautiful studio in Toronto at the Strategic Coach office. But we have a little bit of distance between us now. We're across town, you on the east side, I am on the west side. And that's what is happening now. And that's the way it goes. I have a little WKRP in Cincinnati studio set up in my house and you have a beautiful setup at your house and you know all the content that's been going out. We've been doing this digitally and you had a thought that I thought was really interesting and it fits so well into what we do in the podcast payoffs here. You think that we're jumping five years ahead Mm -hmm. in digital production and we're going to be able to carry this back into our normal lives or into the workplace. New normal. The The new normal, yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. So can you just Go through that and how did you come up with that and where did that come from and why do you believe we're going to be five years ahead? Two sources, just what we were doing and the speed with which Strategic Coach as a company and then, you know, my particular focus is podcasts and it's audios for books. Sometimes it's walkthroughs of thinking tools in the Strategic Coach program. That would be an unusual situation, but Now it's the usual normal situation that everything that we put out as a thinking tool, program materials, that we give a video digital walkthrough, sometimes just audio, sometimes audio and video. So I was just noticing the pace of change, the speed up of video production over two or three weeks. And then I was totally noticing it among our clients. And so we've probably seen more of our clients during the last month on video than we ever do live by traveling. You know, I travel to Chicago or at least travel five miles to the office and we're not traveling for that and they're not traveling in to see us. And actually it speeded up the amount of contact. And in some ways, and I haven't really explored this and we'll do this on this podcast, I think we're going deeper with some things and that the virtual medium, the main one we're using is Zoom, that it's actually upping the power of the program when I thought the best we would be doing was sort of filling in and making sure we were doing something to compensate for the fact that we're not doing live workshops. And just a thought, and I just said it on one of the debriefings with my team. And I said, you know, I bet when it comes to the use of virtual communication that we're going to make five years progress in the next three months. One, I was surprised because nobody disagreed with me. And then everybody nodded. So it's not just my experience. It must be other people's experience too. From the theater analogy, I guess, people love kind of peering behind the curtain. And one of the things that I've been asked a lot over the past five or six weeks, I guess, was you have been pumping out content. I think we've, at this moment now, we've published, at last count, 14 or 15 podcast episodes in 30 days. We've done about four webinars. You and Shannon, I believe, have done seven or eight different videos, the video series. I mean, all the workshop connection calls. So these are two-hour workshops I've done 
14 of them where I'm the, you know, the coach, but mm-hmm. that's just a very small percentage of the Coach Connect workshops because we have 16 other coaches and they're all doing work. I mean, we're in, the, you know, if not at 100, we're in the high dozens of productions we've had to do. And it was dictated by the fact that we've made commitments to do workshops in person and it's not available right now. So we've said, well, let's use the tool that is available to us, but we've not overused it, but we've certainly multiplied the amount of use that we've had. I think it was about the beginning of March that this really became mandatory. Yeah. And I can break it down really quickly. I was brainstorming last night as we were getting prepared for the show today, and I broke it down into six steps, and I've been asked how we did it. And I can basically share those. Mm. Oh, I'd love to hear that because this is going to be standard operating procedure. So we've got three time periods. We've got the old normal, which abruptly ended in the middle of March. And then we've got the scary times. I call this scary times because there's uncertainty. We don't know when we can mingle again, when we can congregate again. So it might be two months, might be three months. We don't know. So there's uncertainty with that. There's going to be a new normal at some time, but it isn't going to be the old normal. I think everything will have taken a jump. And sharing messages digitally like podcasting. So to pull back the curtain, first thing we did was we took it seriously and therefore we didn't really get caught with our pants down. I know there are some individuals who thought, well, you know, this will blow over in two weeks, so we're not going to take action. And that's the first step that we did not do. The next one was everyone took what they needed to communicate these messages through podcasts and videos from the office. We didn't have a tremendous amount of traveling stuff because we have such a gorgeous studio that everything stays there. It's fairly immobile, but we did have some things that we could take. We had some USB microphones, we had some audio interfaces, we had some other microphones. So we collected that and we got it out. We cleared out the armory. We got you and Bab set up at your place to be able to be broadcasting podcasts, videos, everything. That took us about an afternoon. That didn't take very long at all. We had huddles with Zoom to ensure as we transitioned everyone from an in-office production team to an at-home production team, we made sure that everyone knew what was expected of them and what they needed to do. And if there were any questions, we worked together to ensure that everybody had an understanding of how it was going to work now. Live studio sessions went remote and we didn't really waste any time. We just dove right into it. We created Trello, Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O, as a project management software that we use here at Strategic Coach. We created new Trello boards for the virtual projects and the digital offerings, podcast videos, workshop connection calls. We created those anew. Those didn't exist before. So everybody was on the same page. We did a calendar tango because things had to move. And your calendar, Dan, was a bit of a battlefield, (laughs) if I can describe it as such for a while, because everything was shifting and moving around, but we got it done. And that was it. I don't mean to make it sound simplistic. And I don't mean to make it sound like it was easy, because it wasn't. There was some sweat on our brows a few times. But that's how we did it. And I've been asked that a a number of times from clients and friends on LinkedIn, just seeing the volume that we're putting out right now. That's how we did it, laying it out in six easy steps. Yeah, I think the preparation for this, though, goes back a long time. Not specifically that we could do this with a technological platform or a number of technological platforms. For example, a workshop, a live workshop, has a hundred individual unique methods that have been mastered and integrated over a period of 30 years. And probably the average 
workshop, you see, you know, if you're a client and you come to one of our workshops, you're aware that there's a front stage greeting team and there's program advisors who are constantly in contact between workshops and then the coach. So that, you know, there's an awareness that there might be seven or eight people, but actually the actual workshop, if you take it from the very first step of forming a new workshop, for example, if we start a new city, you're starting from scratch and you have to put together not only the team that's doing it, but you're putting together the entire methodology of how workshops are going to come about and they're going to be systematic, they're going to be predictable, and they're going to be of high quality. You're going to meet the standards that you've established. And there's a hundred unique methods and that would cover the food, that would cover people's workshop materials, we cover multimedia, all the scheduling and the phoning and reminding and follow-up and everything. So we have that background going back when we were a company of five or six people and we're well over a hundred. In the first year might have done 15 to 20 workshops and Last year, we did 500 workshop days in different cities, three different countries, four main cities, LA, Chicago, Toronto. And so I think that from a standpoint, uh, this was a big deal, you know, that we were doing, but we've done other big deals in the past that weren't technological. Dean Jackson and I have a podcast series called The Joy of Procrastination, and we make the distinction between events that happen in the mainland, which is controlled by Newton's laws of gravity. And then there's other events which happen in the Cloudlandia, which is our name for the virtual world. And you've been very instrumental in this, Gord. We were dealing with known technologies. And what I mean by that is somebody on the team was really on top of a particular technology, and they took a leadership role in the first week, in the first couple of weeks. But I think the big thing is that we have phenomenally good teamwork. You know, we put the emphasis on people just doing what they're great at, but then being very, very collaborative in how they put their unique talents together with other people. It was a function of a technology transformation, but I think what prepared the technology transformation was the unique ability, teamwork, the self-managing quality of our company. So my sense is that everybody's doing well today in the entrepreneurial world, it's the same story that they would be telling. They had great teamwork, and the teamwork just had a new challenge, but they responded to it with known skills. I think you're right. And I think the human element is the lead horse in that. It's not the technology. You can have all the gear you want, but the nature of Strategic Coach being a self-managing company and teaching other companies to be self-managing companies, that is Strategic Coach. Build your self-managing company. We had the people that had the capability and when the technology was available to them, they used it to their best abilities and we've developed new capabilities. And I feel like that leads really well into another thing that's been coming up a lot that it's sort of in the podcast industry. And as companies transition to this medium of digital messaging, whether it's podcasting, whether it's video production, one piece of advice that I would give to you if you are in the position where you had not been using digital messaging prior is this. Now is not the time to be incorporating confusing or complicated pieces of equipment that your team is not familiar with. What we did was we used what was available 
and never focused on what was not available. Mm -hmm. So we didn't start purchasing new pieces of equipment that no one was familiar with. We used what was available and what we knew, which was Zoom. Some of us had microphones. Some of us didn't have microphones. That's okay because you can use your internal microphone. We used what we had and didn't worry about what we didn't. My piece of advice, just to reiterate, is now is not the time to incorporate pieces of equipment into your workflow that will confuse your team or make people feel unsure about what they're doing. The message is the most important thing right now, getting it out to your clients and customers and not spending the next month trying to learn how to use a new mixing board that you've just purchased because while you've spent a month trying to do that, other companies are getting their message out, reassuring people, reassuring clients. And I think they'll be a lot better off in the long run once we get back to the new normal than the person who went out and wasted time trying to master some new piece of equipment that may be totally irrelevant once this is all finished. What you said, you know, you could do a whole, <laughs> you could do a whole series on because my sense is that what's true about technology that you just maximize the familiar, you maximize what people are already comfortable with, where you might do 10 things a week, you're doing 50 things a week, but you're not doing it in a way that's strange. You're not asking people to go outside of their confidence zone, you know, their previous confidence zone. I think the other aspect, and I just thought of it as you were talking, we have a ton of intellectual capital that goes back 30 years. Probably the unusual thing that we talked about during the last five weeks, I think it's been five weeks since I did the first one, was a four-page paper handout that I created 19 years ago in the aftermath of 9-11 called Scary Times Success Manual. And it was for a specific event that I created this, but it went, as we found out within about a month, it went way, way beyond this event. You know, we've always had a large number of clients in the greater New York City area, that was a scary time, 9-11, but it was very, very geographically specific. It was the East Coast, the United States, Pennsylvania, New York, and Washington, D.C. You know, we had a lot of clients there, but New York really took the hit of it. New York's taking the hit of it in coronavirus. The epicenter in the United States has really been the greater New York City area for a lot of reasons that will be discovered afterwards. I don't think anyone's got a handle on what happened there. But what I did is I just put 10 strategies that it seemed to me that you had to direct your attention differently to be a useful person during scary times. And this was a scary time. So the first one is forget about yourself and focus on other people. Two things about that. One is that was a big hit. So we just did it for a two-hour meeting and, you know, a cocktail party in New York City about three weeks after 9-11. It was a big hit, and everybody thanked us for it. And they said, could we get copies? And so, you know, we said, well, you know, we'll give you the artwork. You can just take the artwork and reproduce it and send it out. Well, as far as we know, it got to, you know, I mean, where we had proof of it, where people would tell us, we got to probably a million and a half people. Tremendous feedback saying, you know, we just adopted this, and then every morning, we take one strategy and say, how do we apply one of the 10 strategies for this day? And we just, you know, kept repeating it for the next three to six months. Okay, so that was it. And then that particular tool, you know, reached its effectiveness. And then the new normal came back and it wasn't scary times. Then 2001, then 2008, 2009, with the 
much wider, uh, the subprime meltdown and the recession, the stock market crash and everything. Well, that had a big impact. That wasn't just US-wide. That was Canada. That was the UK. And we were hitting a lot of different geography around the world with this one. Mm -hmm. And with that one, it was twice as much that we had proof. And you were just getting into the point where PDFs and that would go out. You weren't sending out paper products, you were sending out digital products. And then again, it was still the original four-page document. I don't think we really changed very much in it. And I don't know if you know the background to this, but we were flying back from Chicago on the 13th of March. And that was the day that Babs and the team started looking at the workshops. And they were thinking that maybe we would do Toronto workshops the next week. But that was it. And then we would close down for any live events as far as, you know, projecting forward. We wouldn't do anything until after June 1st. You know, I was in the plane and I was kind of tired because I'd done workshops, three workshops. And I was just sitting there and I said, hmm, feels like another one of those scary times. (laughs) And Babs over the weekend said, let's get the scary times out. And so we went right after it and we added a component to it. And you were instrumental because you set us up at the house here and you got us all set up for it. So Shannon Waller and I have a series, one of the series that you manage and package and send out called Inside Strategic Coach. So we just piggybacked on an existing podcast series and we just made Inside Strategic Coach and it has been case for the last five weeks that all of our new podcasts have mostly have been about scary times. But now we've gone way beyond this because we did 45 minutes on five of the strategies and then another 45 minutes, so an hour and a half on the Scary Times Success Manual. And we got to the end of it and I said, you know, I think we can go deep into each one of these. And we were doing it and I said, you know, I think we're killing a number of birds with one stone here because there's also thinking tools that I can think of. So I've created four thinking tools that reside on the same landing page. So we've got the original four-page document, which, you know, it's like the Declaration of Independence. You know, you don't fool around with... (laughs) If it worked and it's got tradition, you don't fool around with it. And then we've got the podcast series... But now we're writing a quarterly book because that's one of our vehicles. Every quarter we come out with a new, you know, small book, 50 to 60 page book. And I said, why don't we just take the podcast now and make them the interviews for the book that gets transcribed? And we already have our first chapter, our first strategy came back yesterday. So that book will be out way before it's time. And the moment we get it out, I think it's going to go and do all sorts of different things in the world that we don't know about right now. So what allowed us to do that? One is that we were just taking advantage of activities that we were doing before. We were just taking advantage of teamwork that we were doing before. What we had, and this is a big change since 08 and 09, what we had was massively more powerful technology that we could combine with our teamwork. And I think that's why people are saying, gee, you guys... It was like overnight, you just turned like this. Well, we were doing all these activities. Everybody was trained for producing products of some sort. And we just took advantage that now people are using the 
BlackBerry technology that we're using. And what's expanded is the audience. The audience has just expanded massively. I was looking at Zoom, you know, in the first four weeks, they went from 10 million daily users to 200 million. That's 20 times in four weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, we're getting the benefit of their growth because everybody we know now has Zoom or a Zoom-like platform, you know, that they're using. It's kind of funny, but Zoom has lucked out. They've lucked out like Xerox lucked out, like Google. The name of their product is actually now the activity. Googling has become a verb. Zoom has become synonymous with, hey, let's Zoom. Just like, I'm going to Google this, let's Zoom this. And further to the Scary Times Success Manual, this is the third go-around then. That it's- yeah, it's the third Scary Times of a big nature. Yeah. yeah. But this, I have to tell you, Gord, I'm 75, and this is by far the biggest thing in my life. And who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to Tucker Max, and he said, you know, this is an interesting one. He says, this is the first time that the human race worldwide, has kind of a common topic to talk about today. I can remember growing up in the 50s and 60s, and you talked about Elvis Presley, and everybody knew who (laughs) you were talking about, you know. Like it was a national, you know, it was more than national. And then the Beatles was even bigger. But I said, you know, in the last four or five decades, everything's gotten fragmented out that people don't have common things to talk about on a daily basis. So this is a period, and it's unique in my lifetime, where everybody on the planet, doesn't matter where you are, you're talking about that we got it and we're getting through it or it's just starting or it's coming and everybody's going to be thinking about the same thing. So it's unique. And the other thing is that it's the first time humans have had a common enemy, mm-hmm. uh, an alien. This is, a, this is almost like science fiction here. We've got an alien, you know, and it's a tricky alien because even if we're well, we can make somebody else sick. So this is a clever, mean, nasty enemy. And this, in some ways, it's very unifying. I mean, it's creepy, but it's unifying. And I think most of the world would rather be talking about Elvis if given yeah. the chance. But, Elvis um, would like you to be talking about Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis would be about 80 or 90 now. I don't know how old he'd be right now. Just to link people over if they're interested, Scary Time Success Manual is available on strategiccoach.com. Just click the resources. And as a matter of fact, we have a pop-up that is there right now. It'll direct you to those resources. And the podcast series that Dan mentioned, the Scary Time Success Deep Dives, Strategic Podcasts with an S, strategicpodcasts.com. And you can find all of those resources. We would love it if you do. That seems like a good spot to wrap up, Dan. Any final? Yeah, you know, just to sum up what I've thought through in response to your question and the conversation we've had, I think that your emphasis on don't fool around with new stuff, just take advantage of what you had. And perhaps on our next podcast, Gord, we could also talk about that we know exactly who we're talking to. We have a real read on who our audience is for all of our communication, regardless of what form we're using. So I think that's the other thing. And then there's the massive teamwork capability that we've developed over 30 years for lots of different things. And this is a big thing, but it's not bigger than a lot of things that we've done, not using technology, but using other things. So in a certain sense, we weren't starting at zero. We were kind of starting at around 75 or 80%. And I think that's why it's worked. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are safe and well and happy and healthy. And we hope you join us for the next episode. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you, Gordon.